I'm Monica. And I'm Christina. This, this is, is Unqualified, Unqualified and Unfiltered. This week, we're going to talk about Encanto. Yes. That has stolen everybody's hearts, basically. Yes. Can I just say I'm so happy that it beat Let It Go <laughs> when I heard that news? I was just, yes. It definitely is deserved. The song's been everywhere. It's so good. It, oh, God, it's we so good. We don't talk about Bruno. No, no, no. Disney, please don't sue us. I know, right? They're going to take this whole, <laughs> this whole thing down. Copyright. We're really not going to talk about Bruno. <laughs> They're like, we warned you with the song. Yeah. <laughs> Where's that cease and desist? Honestly. I, what I think has really resonated for Encanto, it's vocal with its themes. Mm-hmm. It's very like, we're not going to hint at this. We're going to be upfront and this is going to be the main thing. And you're going to have to think about this. And I really like that, even though it did rip my heart out. Yeah. When, when I watched it the first time, I was like, oh my God, this movie is so depressing. Because it starts out right out the bat, ripping your heart out, basically. And I think that that's good because there there is, like, in Disney movies, it's always kind of underlying message in each and all of their films. But this one, it kind of seemed like, yeah, it was on the surface. There was no need to dig to figure out what it is that they were trying to say. It, it was, this is generational trauma. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and they really, they really did it. I remember you watched it a few weeks before me because I'm super emotional and I was just, I was super obsessed with the soundtrack a few weeks before I even was able to sit down and watch the movie because of that and I'm kind of glad I did to be honest yeah Yeah. I remember telling you after I watched it Christina be prepared because I know how you are with movies and stuff and I know when it's gonna affect you and I was just like girl girl just just be prepared (laughs) I am (laughs) soft but no yeah I definitely liked how it really tackled the generational trauma I know that is Colombian Mm -hmm. but you know it does represent a lot of Latino families the only exception that my family has with this movie is that there really isn't any grandparent yeah there's no matriarch i think with with my family personally i'm mixed my dad's hispanic my mom's white and my dad's grandma my paternal grandma the complete matriarch and she really held the family together so it was definitely really cool to have that representation because even when she passed the the entire family just like i wouldn't say fell apart or anything but the dynamics shifted so much and so fast because we didn't have that. The one person that we, we always went to her house to do tamales. We always went to her house for chicken mole. And all of a sudden it was just, we don't have that focal point anymore. And it's just, it was really cool to see that particular relationship. And especially because Abuela in the movie, not a perfect person. Nobody is, obviously. Me and you are going to talk about that. And I think it's, it's so important to have flawed characters, even characters that you don't like deserve a place there too. So we know how to like react and deal with them. And it's, it's so cool that kids these, kids these days, this content is unmatched. Yeah. And you have to, uh, then if you compare it to other Disney films, there's a clear cut villain in most (laughs) Disney films. And this one doesn't have a clear cut villain. Yes. Abuela is the reason for a lot of the generational trauma and she was the start of it, but she's not necessarily a villain. They do give her her layers and just you know the reasonings as to why she became the way she did so it's not just good versus evil yeah it's it's an ultimate like villain like colonialism and things like that and just the way she reacted to it and that ripple effect yeah that infected the entire family in casita it's so wild yeah i mean i wasn't a fan of abuela I would have blew out her candle. That's all I'm saying. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I was her grandkids, that candle would have been snuffed out. <laughs> but then you would have lost your gift too. Nah, well, I would. I'm saying I would be Mirabel in this situation. Uh, yeah, I would have yeah. snuffed that shit out, just like. <sighs> Dang. No. Valid. Everybody else can lose their gifts too. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, it's very interesting to me how we start off this movie with Abuela and her telling of her story and re-watching it. I realized just how different it is from when she tells Mirabel the story later on in the movie and how she kind of, she internalized that trauma and took it on herself and didn't show the horrific things that actually happened. She was just basically bare bones of it. Classic Disney movie where just more grown-up kids will understand what's happening. Something bad happened and we got the miracle. So this is a good thing that happened because of this really bad thing. So 
so focus on the great thing versus later on and she tells everything that happened it's just poof big old tra- traumatic event and to me it's it's so interesting how a lot of this movie has people carrying things that they shouldn't have to carry by themselves yeah and that lack of vulnerability with other people is also a theme for it peak yeah and, and so and, delightful and i agree in the first telling of you know what happened with the abuelo and everything it does show when she falls to the ground and all the walls come up and that's mm-hmm. that is very representative of how she built herself she built all these walls around her emotionally and just decided to kind of just go through the motions there was not necessarily any grieving or anything done which i understand at the time probably she, she has triplets so i mean it's not like she had a lot of time to grieve anyways yeah but yeah afterwards when the casita fell and it caused all the walls to fa- fall around the encanto it was very representative of abuela letting her walls down and really letting someone in and telling them hey this is actually what happened and i wouldn't be surprised if her children didn't even know necessarily the real story they just know what she told me to bell at the beginning yeah i will say that i rewatched it again today it was my sixth rewatch but i did try and pay attention a little bit more to abuela <laughs> because i know that you like her or not necessarily like her but i think like, like you I, understand yeah like, I, can, I can definitely appre- appreciate it i appreciate the like, the humanity it yeah gave that character yeah so and then i mean i try to pay a little more attention to it pay attention to her redemption and i can i understand it now i can see it i can understand you know what she did apologize she did say i'm sorry she did take ownership of what she did so i i did really enjoy that and then i think that the reason why the hatred or the bubbling up of it comes up so much is because in all of the promo or any of the pictures that you see about encanto and stuff Mm -hmm. it's abuela with her stern face and her rigid body and stuff so when i see that i just think of abuela being an ass And I'm just, oh my God, like I just want to smack her in the head, you know? But then, but it, I mean, that's to say people have problems with Isabella mm-hmm. in all of the Encanto merch. She's in her beautiful flower purpley dress and stuff like that, which by the end of the movie, she does not have that look anymore. Yeah. And that was her kind of weighted down. Her It's her perfect look, quote unquote, but for her, it's an imperfect look. And her true self is when she has all of the powdered paint on her and stuff like that and that's what really should be represented in the merch and in the promo and stuff but at the same time i understand they're not trying to give away the movie right they want people to watch it to get the message but that's i think that's the problem i have with abuela is when i watch the movie okay i see it i understand i'm gonna i'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt that you change you know (laughs) but then you go and online and people talking about it or sharing tiktoks and it's just the old abuela and you're just like "Ooh, girl put respect on her name don't show her before (laughs) only show the after yeah so you know like actually to piggyback on what you said about isabella i think it's very interesting that the way they marketed frozen they marketed not queen version of elsa before she had her breakthrough and became her true self and started using her powers versus the marketing with isabella where she's not extended that same courtesy she has to still be perfect in all of the merch and the sales are suffering because of it and i think that's a ridiculous double standard that I really am disappointed that they didn't foresee. Like, I really wish they had done better or at least would come out with a second line where it would do more respect to the character. Because if the character of Isabella had gotten some therapy, (laughs) as all the Isabellas in the world, I love you, you're beautiful, you are so valid, but it's hard to have that expectation to be perfect. And it'd be so great. (laughs) It's interesting too because a lot of people didn't expect the sales for Louisa to be so high because she is not the typical Disney princess look which I mean I, I I don't have children of my myself but I would prefer my children to look up to Luisa's character versus Isabella's character pre-change but it also doesn't surprise me in watching the movie that there aren't a lot of Luis, uh Isabella fans from kids because Isabella's mean yes. she's really mean I can imagine myself watching that as a child and just being like oh my god why is this lady so mean like I wouldn't want to hang out with that kid 
Like if I was a kid and there was a kid acting like Isabella, I'd be like, nope, you're a bully. I don't want to hang out with you. So it's not surprising that there aren't kids running to go grab Isabella merch and stuff. Yeah, I definitely wish they had expanded a little bit more on her like, after her breakthrough in yeah. the movie. Because I really, I liked her character after the song and stuff. I thought she was great. Um, Can't compete with Queen Louisa though. Yeah. Hands down my favorite character forever. I would do anything for her. I think the biggest thing that I really love about this movie is that not only do we get to see and meet these characters and love them for their faults and then they realize their own faults mm-hmm. and everything, but that you can also view the movie and realize all the perspectives. Like Mirabelle realizes the perspectives. When Louisa's song at the end, Mirabelle's like, I didn't realize you were carrying so much. You know, maybe you're carrying a little too much. And mm-hmm. with Isabella's at the end of her song, she was even telling her, wow, I didn't realize your life always just seems so perfect. Yeah. You just seem like to have everything together. So I really like that. I've always thought of myself more as Louisa and I felt that song so hard. Yeah. For sure. Um, but I like that. I like that it has a different perspective because it also makes me view my sisters and everybody else in my family. Oh, I view them this way, but what if they're doing with they're dealing with their own internal struggles? Yeah, and we all are. I think it's very easy to forget that people, all people, are very complex and have very complex emotions outside of our individual perspectives. And I think it's so important to have those kinds of different characters in one movie to help kind of like come to terms with that because we're so individualistic in this country and. This society where it's we kind of lose track of that we're so focused on us and our feelings and our hardships when it's like oh man everyone's going through it yeah but that's such, it's such a cool thing about, especially Luisa's character, because I, I connect with her a lot as well. And me and you are so different and have such different perspectives on things that it's so incredible to me that this movie has this character that so many people from so many different backgrounds all like relate to. And it's very, it's very, I guess, comforting that that character is seen so much. Yeah. Like, and I feel like that's definitely a big part like you're of this not movie alone. is being seen. Yeah. yeah, like you're not alone in this. You, you know, there's more people. Your your emotions, everything that you've gone through, your experience is all valid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that, when I was obsessed with the soundtrack, it was mostly that song playing on repeat over and over and me just like laying in bed, staring at the ceiling like, oh, damn, my throat. Yeah, for sure. And that's the thing too, is like all the characters were very three-dimensional. They mm-hmm. weren't, for they sure. weren't one-dimensional characters like most Disney movies. A lot of Disney movies have very one-dimensional characters, one-dimensional princesses, and things like that. We don't really get to see that many sides of them, and these these were different. Yeah, and I think it definitely paid off for them, and I hope that they take this and keep on releasing things to this level. I agree. And I hope that because they see the success of Louisa, that we get to see more characters that are more like her versus the picture-perfect Isabella type of characters for sure such a good movie yeah it very it it goes to show how big of a reward you can get by giving out complex characters and that you can have complex characters without necessarily having a humongous verbal essay for every single character Mm -hmm. not every single character has to have three million lines to have decent growth even dolores for her character growth and finally being able to speak up and get what she wants that's she barely had any lines and she still had excellent character growth agreed yeah so i mean i, I definitely liked it you know what it's a what was a really cool another thing thematically was the way the walls crashed down around abuela when casita fell it kind of reminded me of just the old saying where things have to be broken down in order in order to be rebuilt you know and i think that was very good symbolically and just thematically for all of them just to see this thing that took care of them their whole lives and sheltered them for as long as they were alive come crashing down and then knowing that hey we don't need anything that we don't have and we can still rebuild and be happy and live our best lives I think it's interesting that with the casita, and I don't know, I, I, I try to pay attention more in this rewatch as well, where it seemed like Maribel was the only one that can really communicate with casita, really understood what casita was saying. Yeah. And it didn't seem like any of the other characters really interacted all that much with them. Like, yes, there was, you know, lifting something up so that they could, you know, grab something or put their hat up or something like that, of yeah. course. But... It seemed like Maribel and Casita actually have communication. They actually talk. They have conversations. And that's interesting that none of the other characters have that. For sure. Oh, you know who does have that is um, Abuela in the beginning where she's like, okay, Casita, we're getting ready. We're going. Like, to me, 
I think that Mirabel is going to be the next Abuela. Yeah. And that it's just, it's so sad to me that Abuela just went so long without even acknowledging it or realizing it because of all that focus on Isabella and all that pressure being put on her. And it's, it's simply wild that Mirabel could grow up still and be so kind and sensitive to the needs of people around her, like being so eager to help her family and to prove herself for something that she doesn't have to be proving anyway, trying to earn something that you literally just can't earn. None of them knew how to control their powers. And if you pay close attention, when I think the only one that did was Luisa. And I think it's because she had it in her brain that she had to be kind of perfect and kind of strong and make sure she's doing what she's supposed to be doing, not make mistakes. Yeah, I think that that's the only reason that she was able to control her power. Because if you look at Isabella, there are a lot of times where she got bumped into or maybe she fell or when Dolores says, oh, and he wants five babies. And she's like, oh my God, all the flowers sprout out, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. It's like she doesn't have control of it, right? Mm-hmm. And then Dolores, she hears everything all the time. And it doesn't seem she can control when she hears something when she doesn't. When the fireworks are going off, she's covering her ears. When everybody's clapping, she's using two fingers. But if you pay attention to Luisa, she never accidentally puts a hole in a wall. She doesn't ever, you know, accidentally pick something up and then it goes flying across the room. Yeah. So she has full control of her her gift. And I don't think that any of the others did. Bruno didn't. Peppa doesn't. But none of them were given that opportunity. Luisa gave herself that opportunity by telling herself that she can't make mistakes. Yeah. You know? That's a very good point. Like, it definitely lacks with her character. How it's just, if she were to do anything out of bounds or anything wrong, she could really hurt somebody. mm -hmm. And she's not the kind of character that ever would want to do that in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. That makes me so sad. I just picture, like, little six-year-old Luisa trying so hard to be very careful yeah exactly and yeah because uh, i noticed that this watch that none of them have control of their powers but why would they you mm-hmm. know uh, it's not like abuela gave them the opportunity to explore their power i mean isabella how old was she probably like 22 maybe in this movie and um she couldn't even she didn't even know that she can make a cactus yeah you know she thought all she could do was flowers yeah i guess from their standpoint their powers weren't for them it was for their community. Mm-hmm. So anything that you do, if it's not a direct improvement on the community, is completely worthless. And I get it. Like, that's a very familiar mindset to me. Personally, growing up, if, especially when Luis is like, I feel like I'm worthless if I'm not of service. I feel like that's something a lot of people can relate to. And it's a really just nailed her character on the head with that. Yeah. With everything. But to say that somebody, if you can't help and ever... And, a big mo- monumental way that you're not as meaningful as another person. When, it's just wrong. And it was it was not necessarily funny, but mm-hmm. at the beginning when Abuela was telling Maribel about getting her gift, she had told her, oh, you're going to get a gift just as special as you are. And I was like, she ended up not getting a gift. And I was like, myself, my younger self, would have very much internalized that. Yeah. And very much would have been like, well, I obviously suck because I'm supposed to get a gift as special as me, but I got no gift, so I must not be special. I must, I must not mean really anything. And you can tell, like, she's trying to fight it the whole movie. She, she wants to be special. She needs to be special because that's what you have to be to be in this family. Yeah. Man, that poor baby. So I'm, and that end song always gets me too, because that end song is very much not necessarily just about everybody else. Like, hey, you know, you're more than just your gift and stuff, but it's very much a Mirabel song where they're, the whole family is finally like, we see you. Yeah. We see everything that you're doing. We see everything that you've been doing. We realize it and we appreciate it. It's hard seeing that scene and just, it's 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 so good. That's how you know media is good when it brings that kind of emotion out of you. Where it's just, oh man, and all the scenes with Mirabel and her mom. Because her mom is such a good mom and so like loving and vocal to her. But even her, however good of a mom she is, she still doesn't really see her see her see her to her to me it kind of felt like she was overcompensating and saying like oh no you're perfect you have a big heart and cool glasses which oh yeah that's great but just yeah exactly what you said just just really be seen for how hard you try and the little sacrifices that we do as eldest children for our little siblings and and in Mirabel's case where she's different and Isabella kind of resents her for it 
But Isabella, in her brain, it was probably like, there's no expectations on you. So you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be anything. And that's what I love, the perspective. That's mm-hmm. that's literally what it is. I'm positive that Isabella, that's the reason that she was so mean to me to Belle. It's very big little sibling rivalry mm-hmm. too. Because no matter what, every sibling's going to have their own little thing. Yeah. And it's it just rhymes with so many people and their own specific circumstances. And I, I think that's why this movie's so successful because it's it's really something that everybody can relate to in a way that Disney isn't really used to doing on such a big emotional level. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I definitely love this movie. Like I said, I've seen it six times already. Oh, yeah. Definitely great movie. I think another, like, to close off for it, Maybe something that Disney can stand playing around with more is to not have to work lean so much on comic relief for movies. Because Rapunzel had her little chameleon, and then and then even Moana with Pua King oh, hey, hey. and Hey Hey, love them. They're amazing, but I don't think they're really fully necessary when you could be telling it from like a narrative standpoint. And the animal sidekick in this movie was Casita. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it was so good. It so far exceeded my expectations and the music is so amazing. Yeah, it was great. I really liked it. I really, I I love also that, I mean, I've been seeing a lot of TikToks on it and everything, but mm-hmm. people showing their parents to start the conversation you know, of like, Hey, you know, does this resonate with you? Do you do you see similarities? Yeah. I mean, it's really sad whenever they're like, "What are you talking about?" There's obviously nothing wrong, but you know, when there are some families that are getting it now, and it, and I mean, what better reason to watch a movie than to be able to start a conversation? Oh, for sure. You know? Yeah, like it doesn't necessarily even have to be. Yes, movies and TV are fun to watch just to watch. But there are a lot of different kinds of movies that you watch and you can have a conversation about it. You can have a meaningful talk discussion afterwards. And this is one of those movies For that sure. you can do that. Like without saying life imitates art. I think with this one, because it's so it's the main villain, generational trauma, it's therapeutic that this movie exists and you can use this as such a beautiful starting point where it's nobody's trying to attack you because newsflash, I love you no matter what you do. And I'm still going to love you after this conversation. Like, I know when me, me and my dad had this kind of conversation maybe a year ago when I was a year or two into counseling. And it was it was so, like, oddly smooth. And I didn't understand how much I needed to hear it. Just, hey, you might have had to grow up a little too early and too much was placed on you. And I'm sorry. We shouldn't. It shouldn't have been like that. And it's just, like, insane how, like, three sentences are such a good starting point. Yeah. And this movie is so... It's just so iconic for it. Just beautiful. I really don't have any negative criticisms for it. And I feel like that's so rare. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. I don't. Yeah. There's literally nothing that I did not like about this movie. Not even a song that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. So it was great. 10 out of 10. Would bring it in. Bring it in. <laughs> <laughs> Good talk. Bring it in. Bring it in. You want to talk rating? Yeah. Okay. I will give this five out of five popsicle sticks in the jar. I'll give it five out of five popsicle sticks, too. We got ten popsicle sticks. Yay! So, we watched The Woman in the House Across the Street from the Girl in the Window. New series on Netflix. I hated it. (laughs) Cue the round of booze. Boo! Boo! Tomato, tomato, boo! Um, So... We were originally only supposed to watch the first episode, guys, uh, to do a one uh, episode one review. Me and my husband decided to binge the whole series. And let me just say, my opinion did not change from episode <laughs> one to episode eight. It was consistent. I love myself and I very much value self-care. So I did not continue with that series. But I will probably at some point because I do love Shelly Hennig and I will watch whatever she is in. But I was not... I was very disappointed with yeah. the first episode. Yeah. I think it, I, I had very disappointed. If it wasn't for my husband, I would not have watched it all. But he was just, I want to know what happens. Like, I need to know. And I was, all right, let's do this thing. Like, they're short episodes. Let's just, let's just do it. And we watched it all. I think we watched it in two days. 
Oh, like wow. we watched half, like four episodes one day and then the other four the next night. But no, my rating did not change. I My opinion did not change. It was still the most horrid show. I remember we called each other afterwards because <laughs> we planned on doing this review for the show because mm-hmm. we love Kristen Bell. We do. We actually read, we have a book club with another friend of ours, and we read The Woman in the Window, and we did enjoy the book, did not enjoy the movie. Excellent book. Questionable movie. Yes. So when we we saw this was coming out, you know, we shared it in our book club chat because we thought it was hilarious that they're making basically a parody of a book that we read. So we were like, yeah, let's do episode one review, and... We called each other after we both watched it separately, not even at the same time that we watch it. And we both had the exact same opinion of it being utter trash. <laughs> and that's rare. I feel like when whenever one of us thinks something is trash, usually the other one at least like semi likes it or gives it the benefit of the doubt or really likes it for some reason. And this was one of the first occurrences where we we're both just like, um, we made a what mistake. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I remember even when, it, it is so rare that when we called each other, we were so apprehensive about telling each other what yeah. we thought about it. We were like, so what did you think? And we were just, uh, it was bad. And then it was like, it was, yeah, it was bad. For sure. I think I don't, I had no problem with any of the acting. I think all the acting was cool. I do get annoyed when there's a random English character for no reason. That is very annoying to me. But even his acting was fine. They were all very good actors, but I think it was, and I know it's exactly what the show is meant for. I think it's just not, it's not geared toward us because we like to have a good time. <laughs> I think that this show has just suffered from not picking one side of the aisle. It couldn't decide if it wanted to be like a serious comedy or straight up satire parody. I think it, it had no idea what it was. Yeah, and I don't even think it was something that it walked the line. Mm-hmm. I don't think it even did that because I can see, I wish that it would have chose one side. Yeah. I wish that it would have taken the role of actually being, you know, serious with a little bit comedic relief. I mean, that's not unheard of in serious shows. There are funny times in serious shows. So it could have definitely went that route and been good. Mm -hmm. But I think that they tried so hard to be satire that... It just didn't blend well with the seriousness of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know in the first episode, there was that laughing scene. And I'm pretty sure it was supposed to make us laugh because this, what are they laughing at? This is hilarious. Everybody's laughing. And it was just, someone was just say, okay, Monica, Christina, laugh. (laughs) 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 And that was bad. Just it, it the laughing was too long where it got awkward and I get it. That's probably what they wanted. Exactly. Like it's, it's what they wanted, for, but it wasn't funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, that's what I can tell. The parts that were supposed to be quote unquote funny, you can tell that they were intended to be funny. They they were purposely done the way that they were done, the way that they were shot, the way that they were directed to be funny, but it wasn't funny. I feel like it was very much aligned with boom, boomer humor. Where it's like something so discreet and subtle, where if you if you don't look at it twice, you're not going to get it. And to me, that's kind of pretentious humor. Yeah. And not only that, but it was even when you catch it, which we did for most of the jokes, it just wasn't funny. Yeah, it just was not funny. Um, like, <laughs> me and my husband, I honestly feel the reason that we finished it was because it was a train wreck that we couldn't look away from. Mm. Like we had to see how it was going to end, what was going to happen. It was so bad that it was, not even that it was so bad that it was good because look, I am a huge fan of the Sharknados. Yeah. I think those movies are freaking hilarious. And those are one of the over top parody satire movies franchise that there is. Don't get me wrong, scary movie, yes. They're very they're very parody, very satire. Sharknado goes above that, okay? Mm-hmm. In the ridiculousness and dumbness of it. I find them hilarious. I enjoy them. This was not the, either of those things. It was not scary movie funny, nor was it Sharknado funny. And but I not I, Green Queens funny. <laughs> no, and I couldn't look away. I, I was just like, you know, and I'm glad he brings up Scream Queens because Scream Queens did it right, where yes. was very much comedy, but yet there was it was serious if that makes sense like Mm -hmm. it wasn't serious a serious drama or a true crime documentary or you know something of that nature 
but it wasn't straight up 100% comedy all the time. That was a tone shift. That was a tone shift where you have a good time. Yes. And that's what I think that that's what this needed to be. And it didn't it didn't hit that mark. And I'm so sad because I love Kristen Bell. I think she is an amazing actress. She is hilarious. We almost love everything that she's in, but this was not one of the things that we loved. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's a it's is good for her because it's oh man, the acting was so bad in this show, I can't deal with it. No, everybody did exactly what they wanted to do. It's just that this was a miss. Yeah. And um I can tell you from me watching the whole thing, I'm pretty sure there's gonna be a season two. I don't know if I'll watch it though. I probably will not. But yeah, the only notes that I took on this one was that I needed that wine opener because <laughs> That would make my life a whole lot easier. I've seen a lot of TikToks actually about that wine opener and the the bowl of corks and stuff. And it's just, okay, where where do, where do we get that? Like, honestly, like that wine opener was just a one and that's it. And that's awesome. I want that wine opener so bad. But yeah, other than that, Carol's a dick. Yeah. The only part that I found laugh out loud in the first episode was when the daughter was, I can't give you a kiss. And she goes, why can't you? It's just, I'm dead. Duh. It was just so deadpan. It made me laugh. I don't even know. Well, I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be funny, but I don't know if I laughed because they wanted it to be funny or if I laughed because it was just so So over the top. Yeah. So over the top uncomfortable that I was just, okay. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So I think I did give it, I I, I kept my rating the same. I gave this, we're doing popsicles. We're doing our rating systems popsicle sticks. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and give it one popsicle stick out of five. I think I'm going to keep mine at one as well. One popsicle stick out of the jar. Because the funniest bit to me was the casserole thing. And to me, even that wasn't that funny. It was just, okay. Can I just say, we watched the trailer to this Mm -hmm. prior to it getting released. And they made it seem there was going to be a million casserole dishes that were going to be broken. And don't get me wrong, there were plenty. But it's kind of like they forgot about that gag towards the end of the season because there wasn't a lot of casserole dishes broken after like the first two, three episodes. So, I mean, I wish they would have kept that gag going because I really wanted to see how many casserole dishes she owned. So that is a total of two popsicle sticks and they should be so lucky. Kristen Bell, she's your uh, scripts better. Thank you. I think she did this one on purpose. I think she really thought this was going to be her moment. And it kind of, I it, I wouldn't say it upset me. I really was just kind of low-key disappointed. There's plenty of people that like this show. So it's yeah, really no there skin are, off our there, backs. there are a lot of people that like this show, which is surprising to us. But yeah. I mean, <laughs> Maybe you know what? We're just to each young. their own, you know, to each their own. Yeah, I will go watch Anna Ferris and Scary Movie or Scream Queens I mean, for the 18th I there's a lot time. of people that hate Sharknado, but I'll watch it. It's very true. <laughs> Or, you know, any shark movie, to me, is a parody of itself. Because I am remiss to find any good shark movies. Yeah, But true. must a thing be good for you to enjoy it, is the real question. Yeah. Does it have to be good to have a good time? Have a good time? I'll watch that movie over and over. <laughs> and the last show for this week is episode one of How I Met Your Father, the reboot for the acclaimed... How I Met Your Mother series, which I love. Yes, 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 yes. So we did watch episode one. I personally liked it. I'm looking forward to the rest of the series. Oh, for sure. I did as well. But I think a very important thing is do not judge this episode on the first two minutes. I think the first two minutes are very rough. Cringy? Are they yes, cringy? They were because... super cringy. <gasps> Let me. Just... How did the kids say? It was so chuggy. Um. Yeah, but I actually did notate that because... The laugh tracks in the beginning of the first episode. Oh my god. I could I was just can they stop with these laugh tracks? You don't need to cue my laughs, thank you. The phone hungry joke. Like, oh my phone's tummy. Oh, it's feeding. Mama feed me. I was about to turn it off. I was just about to walk out of my yeah, apartment and go was... lay down on the freeway because that was so horrific. I was it like, was. why would y'all do that to Hillary Duff? What why would you do that to her? Yeah, it was way too much. I feel like it was just a failure in the overall script. Yeah. I get it, you want to bring these three people together really fast in a way where she's gonna mix up her phone and stuff. That's all well and good, but I feel it was done so poorly for the scene. Yeah. I wish that the phone mix-up would have been detailed a little bit more in her getting out of the cab and stuff, because I think it would have hit better. 
than just her, oh my god, this is on my phone. The first time I watched it, I didn't even catch it. I was, why the hell is she at this person's bar? And then she was, oh, we, I have my phone. Hello. And I was, oh, okay, I guess... She mixed up her phone. Yeah. I, I, I really do wish they would have just hinted a little, you know, showed, a, showed maybe even showed the switch in the car. Just showed her grabbing the wrong phone and just had a little up close shot so that the audience knows, oh shit, that's not her phone. When is she going to figure it out? Oh my God. Ha ha ha. So funny. You know? Yeah. I wish they would have done that. I think that would have made it, made that little part hit just a little bit better. For sure. I think that was definitely, definitely the weakest part of the episode was the beginning. Those first like two or three minutes. Agreed. Overall, I really liked the proposal in episode one. I think that was a very nice throwback. <laughs> I think that was so cute. The yeah, whole... it was. It was. I liked it. I really liked that character too. I do. I like, like the character. He's my favorite so far. It's really funny because his friend, Jesse, I guess his character doesn't remind me of Ted, but his voice for some reason is very Ted-ish. Oh, like Josh Radner? Yeah. I don't know. But when he talks, I'm just, this is Ted talking. <laughs> like not necessarily that they sound the same, but just how Ted would say things. I feel this new guy, Jesse, says them. Very epic. But yeah, but even though that, you know, Ted was the hopeless romantic, I'm going to find love around the corner, you know, gotta date these people and whatnot Mm -hmm. and this guy is gonna supposed to be the opposite where he's supposed to because of his marriage proposal fail he's supposed to be love i don't ever want to get married he was very much the robin for me and you know i love robin so i was not mad about it at all but i i really liked jesse's character too but yeah, but to me, he just sound, he just sounded like Ted. That's all. Yeah, it was weird. It was very interesting. Like, I was just, is this Ted? <laughs> Ted, what happened? back a little too far. <laughs> but yeah, I loved the Valentina character. Loved her. I've always loved that actress. I'm going to try and say her name. Francisa Rasa. Cue applause. I think that's how you say it. I tried really hard to practice how to say her name. I definitely like that she had the Selena shirt on. Yes, I even that wrote that me. down. Love the Selena representation. Do not appreciate her wearing it out in public with the boots, but I do love the shirt. Yeah. That was too much for me, but I understand that that's how people dress nowadays. I will say the only thing I didn't like about her character was that she brought that guy from London. I was not a fan of him at all. His character really annoyed me the entire concept. I was just, why are you here? Get it's out so of here. funny because you just said about the other show about the random Brit, basically, or the random, you know, English person. And this show had the random English person, too. Yeah. At least he's from London. I had to literally justify it to myself because I was in the middle of writing down my hate rant about it. And I was like, well, at least he's from London. And it's just, who are you where you give up your millions of dollars to come live in New York? Yeah, I I, I'm, I genuinely hope that he's not a permanent character. Because I know that, I mean, the whole thing in the end of this episode, we learned that one of the men from that night is the father, right? Mm-hmm. And the how I met your father, that's the whole thing is one of the men from that night is going to be the father. I don't, I hope that that, that guy is not a permanent character because I genuinely didn't care for him either. I love when we agree on things. Yeah. <laughs> I feel he was probably the weakest character. Sure. And I, I don't, I don't know. I don't like the idea of having to watch a series that has basically a pretentious rich snob living our everyday lives. And they're like, oh my God, you actually cook in your kitchen? Honestly. Oh my God. And on top of that, you have sex on top of my apples. My organic apples. Or, oh my god, you drive your own car? You don't have a driver? I, that, that would get to me. I would, I would not want to be a, someone's friend if that's the way they viewed my lifestyle and that's the way they viewed. And I understand that it is, it is different. It is polarizing, but it, his character and the way that he does it comes off very judgmental. And I mean, I guess there could be that growth in the series, but I just don't care to see for it, at least based off of this first episode. I don't mind him getting dropped in the second or third episode. I get it. It's their answer for Barney and stuff. But to me, it was just the script really needed work. I think the characters and stuff too, just some of them really hit and some of them really missed. Yeah. And to me, like his character is just completely unnecessary. And I feel like that's like a disservice because he's not a bad actor. Yeah. And I even had to Google it because I was so annoyed at his accent. He is actually British. Yeah. So it's his authentic accent. And I was just, I think it's just, it's so frustrating because they haven't given you an actual use. You're literally functioning as the love interest. And I hate that. I think that's so annoying, especially because Valentina is such a dope character. I would have liked to see her Oh my God, she's so amazing. I love her character. Again, I love that actress. I've watched her since she was in Secret Life. 
Mm-hmm. That's where she's from. Yes. Okay. I've okay. seen almost everything that she's in. Secret Life, Bring It On, Grownish. I genuinely love her. I saw Life Size too. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, she, she's amazing. I love her character in this show. I'm so excited to see how she develops in the series because she does seem very much party girl, kind of go with the flow type of deal. I feel like she's going to be the kind of the Ted, but mm. not as loserish as Ted because I was not a I was not a Ted fan I know Ted was the main character in the last you know in How I Met Your Mother but I was not a Ted fan I don't think anyone was a Ted <laughs> fan like I don't think Ted was even a fan of himself at the end yeah like, so. definitely not the worst character ever developed for TV but so pretentious and for what yeah so I and I and you say about the some of the some of the actors and the characters hit some didn't mm-hmm. I know that you're a fan of the actress that plays the older version of Hilary Duff's character Mm-hmm. Yes. From Sex and the City? Yes, but I did not care for her scenes. Oh, uh, really? Um, I've never seen Sex and the City, nor have do I think I've seen anything else that she's in, so it's nothing against the actress or anything like that. I just didn't care for her dialogue. It seemed weird. It seemed forced. It seemed like it was trying so hard to be funny, but it was not funny. And Yeah. You know, I where, think overall... Where's my wine? Where did <laughs> I put that bottle? It's just... Oh my god. It's like, are we watching that Kristen... Bell show again? Yeah. What's going on? I think she definitely changed her tone. Like it wasn't the same diction she used for Sex in the City. And I kind of appreciated that, that she actually came at a different, as a different character. But I definitely agree. A lot of those scenes are really, really cringy. Just I feel like the script is overall pretty bad. Yeah. And we just dislike it so much for the throwbacks to How I Met Your Mother and that we love Hilary Duff. Yes. <laughs> for sure. If I wasn't a fan of the original and if I didn't like Hilary Duff, I wouldn't watch the show. But I think definitely, I, I could definitely overlook the bad script for this episode. Agreed. But I definitely agree with you where those scenes definitely fell flat. Yeah. And, and, and again, I mean, we've always, or I've always said this, when watching new shows, you kind of sometimes have to give it three episodes Facts. for them to find their footing because the mm-hmm. first episode is very much the the series pilot and it's, you know, sometimes like they just got to figure out what works, what doesn't work. And for the most part, they'll either get better or not get better within the first three episodes. Yeah. So, I mean, again, this is a episode one review. So, I mean, I think that I would definitely continue watching it. I love the throwbacks to How I Met Your Mother, the apartment. Oh, um, the score that they played in the back for when they were going into the apartment. I was yeah. I was in tears. It was I, so cool. I love the shout out. And I mean, I might be wrong. I don't know that it was Lily and Marshall that sold them the apartment. Yeah. Okay. Well, didn't they move in the show? They were in that apartment. Yeah, but and then they, they, moved to they showed one? that. It was in a flash forward for the finale. How they oh, had okay, all the okay. different time jumps. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, I love that. I love that they mentioned that they bought it off of Marshall and Lily. And, and they, they left they the swords. <laughs> the swords. <laughs> yeah. So, oh I loved how the apartment basically looked the same. So, that was that was really nice. That was a really good nod to the original show. For sure. I think one of my favorite things about it was definitely uh, Chris Lowell, who played Jesse. I loved his hair. <laughs> I think his hair looked really beautiful the entire time. Half of the time he was on screen, I was just, why can't my hair look like that? Like, what do I have to do? I'm going to DM him for you his hair. You need a professional hairstylist. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? Another character I really liked? Uh, Jesse's sister. I oh, really yeah, liked her. So I love the gays. She's so awkward. For sure. And I was just, oh my God, a gay. Yeah. I feel okay. It was funny because I was thinking about that when I when I watched it. I was like, oh my god, Christina's already going to love this character. I know it. Seriously. It's basically, I kind of, I feel for that. I also swing and miss constantly. Yeah, it's hard out there. It's hard out there. As a single gay to another single gay. I see you. <laughs> it's hard out here. Yeah. So I'm excited to see that storyline too. Especially since she's supposed to be an adopted sister. So how that's going to play out as well. Since obviously these men in the series that they show in this episode one are gonna be more than likely in the entire series. You know? Oh yeah. I really like them. I'm not mad about it. The only character I don't like so far is that uh, random English dude whose name I don't remember. I want to say his name's Robbie, but that's not it. That's from Victorious. I want to say Valentina's boyfriend. Yep. Valentina's boyfriend. So they described Sophie's parents, which is Hilary Duff's character, as the mom was a party girl Mm-hmm. And the dad was not necessarily around all that much. Are we under the assumption that Sophie's parents are characters from How I Met Your Mother? Because I don't know who would fit the party girl status of How I Met Your Mother. I kind of assumed, honestly, it was a random person that Bernie hooked up with and the mom just never showed, told them. And that's what I'm going to probably assume. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, otherwise. that's what I was thinking too. If not Ted. 
Ted was the dad and he didn't know. And because, I mean, Ted hooked up with a lot of freaking people in <laughs> your mother. So I wouldn't be surprised. And I think there were a couple characters that he hooked up with that fit the party girl <gasps> stereotype. The girl with the pineapple. Yeah. So, I mean, it's possible. But yeah, I do agree that it could possibly be Barney as well as the father. That's um, what I was wondering if they are going to have the parents that are going to be relevant to How I Met Your Mother or if this is just kind of a, a complete reboot. So I guess this would be a recall. Oh, yeah, the recall. A recall <laughs> if it actually does connect to How I Met Your Mother, right? Mm-hmm. And they bring back the old characters. But if not, then it is a reboot. I'm kind of conflicted when it comes to that because on one hand, I think that it would really make it very cool especially if it was barney because barney's relationship with his newborn daughter saved that finale to me i was sobbing when he had his little monologue with his daughter i thought that was so beautiful and i think it would really add a really needed layer of emotional depth to this and that mom was a party girl too wasn't she yeah she was and i think i think that would add a lot because he would obviously be devastated if he had another kid out there and didn't know until he was she was an adult i think it would really add something important Mm -hmm. but also the script is so bad that I kind of don't want to impose upon them. And they're all doing their own thing. Yeah. So we'll see if it, if it does connect within the next few episodes, I guess. Any guesses as who the dad is? If it goes along with How I Met Your Mother lines, it's the Ted and the Robin. So it'd probably be Jesse. It's probably going to be Jesse. And then I'm going to be annoyed because I really like Ian. I don't think it'll be Ian. I think that's too obvious for it to be Ian. Or not that it's too obvious, but I think they'll date. And then they'll end up breaking up. Yeah, like he's going to be the Victoria, like the one who always comes back to. Yeah. yeah. I do love Victoria too, I think. Or possibly that he could be the Robin that's, oh, it's making it seem like this is the person that he's supposed to be with or she's supposed to be with. But then it, they're going to do the whole like freaking rug pull out. Yeah. Oh, Sid. I really like him. The, one, the bar owner. Yes, the bar owner. That's who I think is the dad. That's my prediction. That's probably exactly what the series needs, so it, it needs that emotional depth, right? It was very surface level. I didn't really feel much of anything. I feel like it doesn't really cling on to that, much, that as much. I want to meet the mother of my children and the future, the person I'm going to love forever. And as a single person, that really resonated with me. Like, I love that. I think it's cute. A little cutesy soulmate type thing. But with this one, I feel like that was definitely the backseat of it where she focused so much on like Tinder and stuff. And I know it's like to come with, go with that age and stuff and how times have changed, but... I feel like it was definitely geared to temporary versus long-term. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that, obviously, but just little subtle differences. They aren't committing fully one way or another as a show. It's kind of like the first episode was kind of like just put out there. It's very clearly a pilot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No stakes. Yeah. No stakes were taken. Yeah. So I'm excited to see, to the series, see the series, and we'll definitely do a follow-up episode on a series review. But as for episode one... What would be your rating for episode one? I will say three and a half popsicle sticks for this first episode because solely of the joke where it was a date so good you don't check your phone. I thought that was hilarious (laughs) and that was definitely a standout joke for me. So for that, three and a half popsicle sticks. So I'm giving it a four out of five popsicle sticks, mostly for the character of Valentina. Mm -hmm. Love her. Amazing. Can't see. I can't wait to see what happens with the rest of the series. I, of course, love Hilary Duff. So I'm excited to see her success in this because of the Lizzie McGuire not working out. That's a total of seven and a half popsicle sticks. This week's jar pick is... What is one thing that annoyed you this week? Ooh, one thing that annoyed me this week. I already know mine because it just happened yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah. God, I feel like so This has been a rough week. I feel a lot of stuff has annoyed me. I have a dog. Uh, his name is Gizmo. He's a schnauzer. So if, I, if anybody doesn't know, schnauzers need haircuts <laughs> often because yeah. they grow hair. And the hobo look is not it. Not so, not it. Yeah, and even though he's been getting haircuts since he's a puppy, he's still a butthole about getting them. Mm. I used to take him to go get it done with a groomer. Our groomer moved to another state, so I decided to learn how to cut his hair. I just do a basic same 
number all over. But I still have to trim his face and his paws. And he is the worst. And he always seems to know when it's going to happen. And he will run away. And he will try and hide his head from me and just not let me cut his hair. And I'm like, bro... We do this three times a year, Matt. Why are you acting so dramatic for? Why? So that was annoying, having to cut his hair. I mean, thank goodness I only have to do it like three times three times a year. Because yeah. his hair doesn't grow ridiculously fast or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But And I cut it short whenever I cut it so that I don't have to do it so often. Oof. <laughs> so yeah, so that was annoying, having to cut his hair yesterday. Well, I cut his paws and his face yesterday. And then today I cut the remainder of his body and took him a bath. Man, I am so sorry. And then when it was bath time, he was trying to hide in his crate. And I was like, like, it's no, you usually like baths because he likes to drink the water. Oh my God, true. Yeah, so I was just, why are you hiding? But he got a treat afterwards, so it's fine. That's good. (laughs) He deserves it. Not. You know, I think mine, mine is my dogs too. Oh my God. So a few days ago, I was going to take my bigger dog, Finn, and I have blue healer mixes. One is smaller and mixed with a Dotsend, and the other is a blue healer and I have no idea what mix. And I was going to take him out to go on a walk. And my neighbor was trying to get into his apartment across the way from me. And Finn immediately started barking, which I live alone, so I don't really have a big problem with my dog's barking. Nobody's going to break in on my watch. But my smaller dog, Ruka, did something she has never done before and completely ran out the door to start barking at this person who's just trying to innocently get into their own damn apartment. And she, anybody who has a wiener dog understands that they're selective hearing, but oh my lord, it was cold. I was in my pajamas. I had no bra on. I was in my chunkless. (laughs) (laughs) and I was just like oh my god sir I am so sorry and this dude was being so nice about it you can tell he was super annoyed obviously but because you just have my tiny dog barking at him and I have my big ass dog in my arms already and then my little dog is just not listening and I'm just like Ruka no leave it and then I put my big dog inside get my little dog dude's looking at me as like I'm crazy which I'm sure I did very much appear to be crazy as hell and then my dogs just look at me like (laughs) anyway (laughs) you like how I just kept you safe from the random bystander going into their apartment (laughs) oh my lord it was so embarrassing and I know it's my fault as an owner I need to be more on top of it and be more aware of my surroundings but oh my god I was so embarrassed yeah that was very annoying dogs they're gonna be the death of us one of these days honestly and I love them so much I will, I, I, it's wild sometimes, like, what our dogs do that's just so random and out of character. Honestly. Can't trust anyone in this world. Is <laughs> <laughs> it our dogs? They're attacking us through their actions. Oh, man. <laughs> love them dearly. But do they annoy the hell out of me? Yes. Yes, they do. See? I still love them and feed them top-notch food. What a week. What a week. Great oh, yeah. episode two. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And next week... We're going to be going over the Netflix documentary of Tinder Swindler for all you true crime fans out there. I know I love it. Abbott Elementary, which shout out to Brooks for saying this and recommending it. One of the top rated shows on TV right now. And for any reality TV fans, Big Brother Celebrity. Yes, that just aired uh, yesterday. Yeah, We just found out. So we're going to be watching that tonight. So we oh, can yeah. do our review. We might have like, a, we might do a little inner game between me, Christina and my husband and see if we can guess who the winner is. So that'll be fun. We'll keep y'all updated on that as well. Yeah. And see we, the, we have a lot things. to say about Big Brother too. Yeah. I feel like, like that's one of the real shows that we're definitely get evenly hyped about. Cute applause. Oh, thank you. Outro music. <laughs>